Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, November 18th. Happy Married to a Scorpio Support Day, which is another one from our old buddies Thomas and Ruth Roy of Wellcat Holidays, which to this day I still can't believe is a legit business. And this one hits a little close to home, because the squaw herself is married to a Scorpio. Me, that'd be me. And the way Tom and Ruth put it, Scorpios have many positive traits, such as being disciplined, not at all, helpful to others, not usually, and fearless, nope, scared of the dark, raccoons, and people who wear two different socks. But they have other traits which make them difficult to live with. Scorpios are intense. No, we're not. Aggressive when provoked. All right, back off, Tom. Deeply emotional. What, just because I cried watching that Ricky Bobby movie? And pessimistic. Why everybody got to run me down? Okay, that's a good try. But check out the traits for Taurus on the whole other side of the year from me. Born leaders. Totally. Morally upright. Hello, Bible podcast. Loyal. Been married 29 years and I still got friends from high school. Obstinate. I have yet to wear a mask. You keep your feelings to yourself. Man, it's like they reading my mail. And it turns out all the rest of the zodiac signs describe me too. Bottom line, astrology is just another word for silliness. And God told us not to worship the stars and planets anyway, so best just steer clear of all that occultism which is anything having to do with secret or hidden supernatural knowledge, like witchcraft or astrology. By the way, today is also Occult Day, so go figure. Today is also Mickey Mouse Day, and since there's a lot of folks on the Webernets that make a really strong case for Walt Disney being an occultist, there's no way that's a coincidence. Seriously, Google it. It'll freak you out. Our reading for today is Ezekiel 37.1 through 38.23, James 1, 19 through 2, 17, Psalm 117, 1 and 2, and Proverbs 28, 1. So if y'all are ready, hey, did y'all know Mickey Mouse was created to replace something called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? Picture Mickey with rabbit ears. It's as creepy as it sounds. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday on November 17th in the Old Testament, we read Ezekiel 35.1 through 36.38. And in chapter 35, we have the devastation of Seir, which is a mountain in Edom. And God tells Zeke to speak to the mountain. And I was hoping that'd be literally. But it's really a message to the Edomites. Edom was the enemy of Israel and of God. And he says, Because thou hast had a perpetual hatred and hast shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword, Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will prepare thee unto blood, and blood shall pursue thee. Sith thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. And Sith is just an old English word for since. He's saying, since y'all love blood so much, y'all gonna get all the blood y'all can stand. Mm. And God explains to him that he heard all their envious and blasphemous and boastful words against him. So y'all gonna get it now. And in chapter 36, God says to speak to the mountains of Israel and tell them, basically, I know all these fools have been defiling y'all for a long time, spilling blood on you and worshiping idols and such. Well, don't worry. Ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. And he spells out several things that add up to restoration of the land alongside the restoration of Israel. And the way he talks, it sounds like he's describing the second coming and the millennial reign. And maybe he's just speaking figuratively, but I don't think so. 
I think God means to convey that he's literally trying to reassure the earth. And that's a weird idea, but I still say there's more to life than just being alive. And there's more going on behind the scenes than we'll ever understand. Then, after verse 16, he follows up the restoration of the land with the restoration of Israel. And he makes a point to say, I'm not really doing this for y'all. It ain't because y'all are righteous, but because I said I would do it. And he talks about putting his spirit in them and giving them a new heart, which I don't think has happened for the Jews yet. It has for the church, but the Jews are still on hold. And then he talks about stuff like no more famine, which makes me think this is millennial reign again. And then in the New Testament, we started the book of James. We read chapter 1, 1 through 18. And they actually don't know which James wrote this. The consensus is it was the brother of Jesus, but it could have been the son of Zebedee or the son of Alphaeus, which would make him Jesus's cousin, according to Barnes, or the son of Cleophas, or some rando James we never heard of. Some think that James the son of Alphaeus and James the brother of the Lord were the same dude somehow. And if this is the rabbit trail you really want to go down, knock yourself out. The Barnes commentary spends hundreds of words on it. Just don't get so far in the weeds that you miss out on these bars he's throwing down. Because James is a serious book. And which James wrote it is really beside the point. And whichever James is writing to the Jews that are still scattered in the Gentile nations from the Babylonian captivity five or six hundred years earlier. And I'm struck how God always covers all his bases. And verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So, coming in hot, right out of the gate. Major profound idea that God allows certain things in your life that you might think are bad just to make you a better person. And verse 4 says, So let patience be worked in you. Don't resist it. And verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and it shall be given him, because he giveth to all men liberally, and never runs anybody down. But let him ask in faith, without any doubting or wavering, because that guy won't get nothing, because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, confused with split loyalties, etc. So keep your eyes on God, and just because you don't understand something doesn't mean there's no answer, and it doesn't mean God won't give you the answer if you ask. Then he says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich man should rejoice that he is made low. And that seems counterintuitive. But what he explains is, all this stuff we think is so important is only temporal. It's all going to burn. But just like God will raise up the poor man in heaven, the wisdom a rich man gains from earthly trials and tribulation are infinitely more valuable than a new flat screen. And if you can endure that temptation, you'll receive a crown of life. He makes sure to point out, though, that it's not God who's doing the tempting. God don't do that. But he will allow it, mostly so you can learn and grow. And if you give in, it eventually leads to death. So do not err. And in verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights. All blessings are from God, in other words, regardless of who takes credit for them. And talking about God, he says, With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. His illustration, following up on that light comment he just made, is how the sun moves across the sky and casts shadows. But God is always steady and constant and unmoved. And then verse 18, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. By his word we were created, in other words. He spoke us into existence at the creation, even though we weren't born until now. And that's trippy. So that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, which implies rank, or maybe more accurately, belovedness. So, whichever James this is, he's a power hitter. We aren't sure if the author's name is James at all. 
Remember, this is the King James Version, and some said that's how this letter got the name. Tradition indicates James was a Nazarite. He took the vow for life. He's a pillar in the church, and he remained in Jerusalem under persecution and was martyred around 66 A.D. The timing of its writing is placed at 45 A.D. to 60 A.D., depending on who you read. In verse 2, I remember the first time I heard this preached. I was a brand new Christian. So, count it all joy when everything is overwhelmingly hard. Not a little joy here or there, but all joy. When heavy, diversified temptations, trials, and tests come upon us. Maybe this is a key to strengthening our hearts and the grace that we read about in Hebrews. And laughing is always better than crying, but this isn't a bitter laugh. It's a joy that knows faith is being tried, patience is having her way, and we will emerge perfect, entire, whole. Now we need wisdom for this, so James makes it clear how to ask God for it, and not to be double-minded about it. Don't backpedal. We must ask, then stand in faith. Tried faith is precious to God. So we must stand and let patience work in order to be more than a conqueror. And don't blame God for our weaknesses that actually brought on the temptations, trials, and tests we endure. And remember, God gives good and perfect gifts. And why wouldn't he? We are kind of a first fruits of his creatures, of which Jesus is the firstborn. Looks like we can laugh our way to that new creature we're becoming. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 116, 1-19. Who wrote it and when? Don't know. Whoever it was seems to be thanking God for delivering him from some kind of affliction. He says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Then he gives a description of the suffering. He says, the sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell gat hold upon me. So drama. Then he gives a description of God's mercy. Says, I was brought low and he helped me. And then he wraps it up by praising God. And I like verse 6, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Now that's how to speak to our soul. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 27, verses 23 through 27. And that's a lot, and I don't want to read the whole thing again. But the gist is, pay attention to your responsibilities, because nothing lasts forever, and everything takes work. But if you're diligent, it'll pay off, and you'll be able to take care of yourself and those who depend on you. Be diligent to know what you have and what to do with it, and be prepared for adversity. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for November 18th is Ezekiel 37.1 through 38.23. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, 
but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I the Lord have spoken it, and performed it, saith the Lord. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick, and write upon it for Judah, and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick, and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel his companions. And join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not shew us what thou meanest by these? Say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel his fellows, and will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in mine hand. And the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David my servant shall be king over them, and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes, and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I the Lord do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Chapter 38 And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn thee back, and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with suits of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited, 
In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall also come to pass, that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods, that dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey? To carry away silver and gold? To take away cattle and goods? To take a great spoil? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel, as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him, and upon his bands, and upon the many people that are with him, and overflowing rain, and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself, and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. Our reading in the New Testament for November 18th is James 1.19 through 2.17. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain, pure religion, and undefiled before God, and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Chapter 2 
My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath shewed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. What doeth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Our reading in Psalms for November 18th is Psalm 117, 1 and 2. O praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for November 18th is Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Okay, that's all we got for the 18th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Exodus 33.18 which says, And he said, I beseech thee, shew me thy glory. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on a true vision of the Lord's power, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father, you are the omnipotent God. The Psalms are full of praises of your majesty and glory. Most of us have never had a true vision of your power, which is a good thing, for we would be undone. No man can see your face and live, but that also means we have not experienced a real sense of our own weakness. You are under no obligation to prove yourself, Father, and proof is not faith, but we humbly ask you to show us your glory, that we would fear you in speechless humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squaw and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, Just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all.
Bible, y'all. Neither shall they defile them. Whoa, that scared me. Windows alerts will blow your mind.